Welcome to Why Wonders Why, a companion podcast to smart enough to know better. This episode is titled Snapshots, Snapshots 3, One, One Year, year later. later. So just over 12 months ago, you may have heard of this little thing called the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, it happened at that time. And I was really interested to start finding out, well, what was happening around the world? I was hearing on the media what was going on, but mainly where I lived. So being an audacious podcaster, I decided I would just get in contact with people and ask. And it worked really well. People from around the world, not all around the world, but from a wide area around the world, decided they would deign to speak to me about their experiences. And so here we are, one year later, catching up with those same people. The first interview off the rank is... Hello, Gregoire. Why, hello, Gregoire. Thank you for having me on your podcast. That's perfectly fine, Gregoire. Now, you haven't been on the podcast before as an interviewee. Well, not on Wild Wonders. Why? No, that's that's very true. Well, why are we talking to us today? Well, because I live in Western Australia, as do you, Gregoire. Yes, I do. In fact, we share a house together. We sure do. I wanted people to know how it was going here in Western Australia. Well, it's been pretty quiet, actually. The last six months, we've had one outbreak. A couple of people got it, uh, got the disease, community transfer. And our state, the state of Western Australia, shut down very, very quickly. It's been very politically popular to shut down. So they shut down the state and basically dealt with it. We had one week where we all went back into lockdown. And then we had one week of wearing masks. And that's it in six months. That's that's that That's it. Yes, I know, Greg. I, I was there. I know, Greg. I'm just telling the listeners. Well, that's... That's good. I'm glad. Fantastic. Well, then, should we move on with the other actual interviews? I think we should, Greg. It's a very good idea. Oh, one last thing before we start with the first interview. My microphone was dying during these interviews, and you are probably going to hear a bit of bad audio quality. And I do apologize for that. But halfway through the interviews, I do actually get a whole new rig and set it up and now you can hear the wonderful quality of my new microphone and new boom mic and new everything that i have so can you pick which interviews <laughs> use the bad microphone and which use the new one hmm let's just get to the first interview enjoy if we're going to start talking to people about their pandemic snapshots we have to go to a state that's very large, that's not in Australia, and that is, of course, the state of Texas, which means we must be talking to Steve. Hello, Steve. Hi, Greg. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Yes, more importantly, how are you doing? I'm good. Especially so, I got the vaccine. <laughs> oh, it's so frustrating. Oh. <laughs> started off, right? It, it, it's just yeah. Straight in there. I said, oh, wait, so you got the vaccine. Which vaccine did you end up getting? We got the Pfizer which it Ooh. seems like it's pretty pretty prevalent in san antonio at least um it looks like the the uh, smaller villages or towns outside of san antonio are getting the johnson johnson mm -hmm. they're the ones we're here but I've, in the city everybody's getting pfizer now but, do you have to have one or two jabs with pfizer two two okay and they they uh they don't go down so well put it that way oh really so there are yeah. side effects for you oh gosh yes the first first time took me out for about four days four days um, wow it was uh, like it just felt weird. I mean, it almost felt like you were just 
super super tired mm. and tingly very very strange first day i was just saying to my wife is um I, I just feel weird yeah <laughs> and the next day you get a big ache in where they do the jab you don't feel the jab because mm. i think the needles are a lot smaller than like flu jabs mm-hmm. but uh, you don't you don't feel that at all until about four or five hours later and oh my gosh you feel it it's just and then because i stupidly got up my right side and i sleep on my right side it's like i got no sleep that night <laughs> oh no it's interesting, isn't it? How, yeah, I've heard there are some. There can be some side effects. Nothing bad. Nothing, listeners. It doesn't mean you shouldn't get your bloody vaccine. Oh, I'm just saying. Absolutely not. No, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just <laughs> glad I got it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so well. That's good. I mean, in Australia, we we're a bit behind. I think we've had about three quarters of a million people vaccinated out of a population of twenty-seven million. So we're a little bit behind. They thought they're going to have four million done by now, but due to we, we're. Australia is a big continent that's in the middle of an ocean that's hard to get stuff to. And especially when, the, when you have a breakdown of, of uh, you know, global trade. <laughs> it's uh, anyway, excuses to my government, put it that way. It's all very exciting. So America, I was really fascinated when I saw that you're getting vaccines because I, I mean, America looked like, how, how do I say this politely without upsetting my American listeners? The, the, the pandemic, the, the way that dealt with the pandemic of the last year was suboptimal. Let's put it that way. It, it, it appeared from an outsider's point of view. What's changed, Greg? Well, and they, well, and, and, but now, and I was like, well, well, we'll get ours. Australians will get theirs well before Americans. But that, Amer- it's, what shocked me about it was how powerful you realize how much money and power America has when it finally goes, when it finally wakes up, the giant awakens, how quickly it can do things. Like just insanely powerful. Okay. Yeah. No, the rollout is, is quite incredible. Yeah. It's very good. So yeah. can I mean, you just tell me? Pretty much, um, they've opened it up to all ages now. So that wow. last week is open up to all ages. So it's good. It's very, I'm a very, I'm very happy for you and very jealous as well. Because <laughs> we're unlike, I, I think in Australia, my, I feel if we're vaccinated two doses by the end of the year, all Australian, I would be very surprised. I think this is going to go on until 2022, but that's me being pessimistic. We shall see. I hope you get it. Yeah, oh goodness, we can all tra- travel. Yeah. Australians need to travel. Anyway, but the last six months, beyond getting your vaccine and rubbing it in on me, I mean, you've, just very quickly, you you had some exciting stuff where it snowed across Texas. <laughs> you had, you've had an exciting time. I've never felt cold. The only time I ever felt that cold was in Iceland when it got to minus 27. We had <laughs> minus 15. It's like I had never seen that before. I just, the city shut down on that one. But, um, yeah, I, I I did some maths on that. I, I quickly looked in uh, and realized that with the city I live in, Perth, Australia, is as far south as the center, roughly Fort Worth, is north. So uh, we're roughly the same latitude, north yeah. and south, roughly uh, 32-ish, uh, north and south. And, that, and it, if suddenly Perth um, was covered <laughs> in snow... I know there'd be a climate emergency. I know it's not the same. You have a polar vortex and it's a bit different, but still, I was just like, wait, if it snowed outside where I am right now, I would be freaking out. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, it's a bit cold today. I'd be like, negative 15. Like, no. I've only ever seen snow here, and they didn't call it snow, they called it grapple before, where it was just tined or thin. That's the name of it, apparently, different type of snow. And we saw that, I don't know, four or five years ago. And then, but this time it was, I don't know, half a meter tall. It was fantastic. 
So I've just never seen it. Like, I mean, it killed all the plants and everything, but <laughs> and it took out the electricity for most of the city. Uh, we were lucky; we didn't even get touched. But it took out the um, water infrastructure where we had to boil water. What is going because on? Because the pressure wasn't because yeah. it didn't keep the pressure in the the water towers. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it, it was absolutely nuts. And it was negative fifteen; everything freezes in the pipes, and that's the end of that. You you go, and suddenly your civilization shuts down. It's it's blew my mind when I saw that. Just incredible that was an unexpected thing to happen in the last six months for sure <laughs> we're recording this around the around the easter holiday and I, all i can say is it's like pandemics and then freezing i expect next i expect like locusts rivers turning to blood uh, you know what i'm saying like it's it's all getting pretty biblical around here at this point <laughs> says funny. says the atheist but anyway it's fine you're right um, all right so how so, I mean, how's it been going actually for you the last six months since last time we chatted? As it, how's how's Texas been? I guess. Texas, um, from what perspective? Well, from I, pandemic perspective. Our governor of Texas had lost his mind, and uh, a week ago says we don't <laughs> need any masks anymore. Don't worry, you don't need to wear them. Oh, um, you oh, businesses are open one hundred percent now. Okay. So, I mean, there's been, there was some interesting pushback on that from the city because the city mayor wants people to have masks, but obviously governors supersedes him. Mm. So the city mayor was trying to find so many ways that to keep businesses to enforce masks, mm. um, but not contravene the governor's directive. And they came up with, well, if your business, if you, your business says you want to wear a mask, if you don't wear a mask on your business, you're trespassing. And then they'll call the police. Uh, I don't know if anybody, anybody actually actioned on that, but that was the best they could come up with. Yeah. Still, most people are still wearing masks, but there is a definite upturn of certain type of people that don't. <laughs> the usual, I mean, I, I guess. Yes. Well, I, I tell you, so, and I'm being stereotypical a bit here, but I went to Walmart the other day. Just, I never normally go there, but I went there, and the contracts difference between the people that go there and not wearing masks to the regular <laughs> supermarket is unbelievable mm, I mean, okay. it's, it's scary unbelievable yeah so, so it's, it's sort of come down to a more of a personal choice now for you and for for people you know to wear masks it's very much encouraged still i mean the, mm. the, like where i work the university they still enforce it 100 okay um, yeah yeah but Interesting. i think mm. for private business they can do pretty much what they want right now yeah and then, obviously, like I said, everything has opened up: restaurants, bars, so so. so yeah. And so, how many Which are is, you? Are you tripping the light? Fantastic! Every Friday night, do you head out and and go to all the bars and the restaurants? Not a chance. Well, that's not the thing. I mean, San Antonio, we're still getting uh, what three hundred and fifty cases a day, and we're getting nine deaths a day still. Oh my goodness! Get so out. I mean, the city's only like two million people. So it's it, to me, it's not safe to go out yet. Not even yep. close. Yeah. And even now, with your vaccine. It's still not. I mean, obviously, vaccine isn't a magical shield. It's uh, increasing your chances of not getting the disease, but you don't want to be like bathing in the disease, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what they're saying is even if you've got the vaccine, doesn't mean you can't get it, but you're just not going to die from it. Mm, oh, okay. Go to the bars. No chance. No, no. I think we're a long, <laughs> long, long way off on that. But... When do you think you go back to normal? I guess is my question. What is normal? That's, that's the most what strange, is really, wow? That now yeah. is now we're really no. staring into our navels. What is normal? <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you think of the work ethic. I don't have an office anymore. I mean, that's pretty mm. much been it's been converted into group spaces, if you like. So, if you mm-hmm. want to go to the office, work as a group, sure. But you don't have a desk anymore. So, that to me says you're working from home forever now. Mm. So, that's a complete change to what 
was a year ago and six months ago, I kind of resided the fact that was going to be the case too. So it's just a different way of working. Yeah. I'm not sure I like it, but I'm not sure I hate it either. I bet your dog likes it. Oh, he's having never had so many walks in his life. <laughs> <laughs> a very well muscled so dog. Very, yeah, it's 2021 and 2020, a year of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and so all the, the, age. all the cats are like, go away. And all the dogs are like, hooray. And finally, they came home forever. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if it means the dogs made the disease. Maybe this is like a dog-related disease. Maybe it jumped from <laughs> dogs. Somewhere there's a dog lab, and the dogs are like, right, we're going to keep them all home. That's right. It was nothing to do with the pangolin or the whatever. No, no, no. It wasn't, it wasn't a pangolin. It's, that's just dog propaganda. Oh, the pangolin. No one knows what a pangolin is. Like, it, sounds, it sounds like some sort of small banjo. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> Hopefully, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, Steve, I hope we never have to chat again. <laughs> uh, don't be like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean? As in, I hope I never have to come back and chat pandemic stuff with you. Yeah, I hope so too, but I still have a suspicion you got another six months. <laughs> uh, don't. Uh, uh, oh, we'll see. Now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Steve from Texas, thank you very much for your time and best of luck. Don't lick any other Texans. And uh, we will hopefully not talk to you, but maybe talk to you soon. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That sounds good. (laughs) Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate it. Shooting across the Atlantic Ocean, we land in good old Blighty. And that means we must be talking to Rose. Hello, Rose. Hello, Greg. How's things? Doing doing remarkably well at the the (laughs) tail end, he says, hopefully, of a pandemic. Uh, But you... You've had an interesting six months, I do believe. Your time in Britain has been interesting. It has been. It's a bit, a bit of a roller coaster. Not going to lie. Yeah. Well, let me tell me all about it. For those who don't know, uh, don't remember Rose. Rose is a is it morgue attendant, mortician? What's the official term? <laughs> Well, mortuary assistant mortuary is the official turn, but call me whatever you want. <laughs> mortuary assistant in a major London hospital, and this is a very interesting person to chat to because you know ground zero basically for a lot of the horror. Yeah, and... just seeing seeing the other side of of the pandemic, a completely different side, I suppose. Six months have passed. How's it going for you and for Britain in general, and and the that whole hemisphere? Just talk for all of them. You now represent this, <laughs> all the Western Hemisphere. It's up to you. Go. Oh, so much pressure. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it is, currently where we are at the moment. It's getting a lot better. Um, where we were, where we were, um, probably two, three months ago was probably is the worst it's ever been. Worse than the first wave, definitely. Wow. Um, and it was. I think I can speak for everyone in the NHS and public health care system is that we don't ever, ever want to go through that again. Mm. Um, I think definitely people were saying from the first one, the first wave, which was a fairly horrendous, mm. well, we can't do this again. And then we found ourselves in exactly the same position, mm. um, you know, six months later with the second wave and going into our third lockdown, which has just been tough on everyone. You've been I locked think, down for basically for a year, haven't you? I mean, off and on. But... Yeah, essentially. I mean, we sort of came out lockdown in August with the whole, I think I may have talked about it last time, the hmm. government, government's initiative of eat oh, out yes. to help oh, out. Oh, yes. 
stupidest idea. Yeah, lick a stranger, get five bucks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll we'll give you money to go lick a stranger. Uh, so that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a way more of a hindrance than it was, you know, helpful to the economy because we're, we went straight back into lockdown again. And then I think Christmas time, it was about three, four days before Christmas, we went into a really harsh lockdown as well. So mm. Christmas plans were cancelled. And cancelled Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> Boris Johnson cancelled Christmas. And uh, we were having, there was daily news reports on the BBC about what's happening next with it because they, they tried a tier system of worst affected areas around the UK. So I think definitely there was like Birmingham and Manchester were pretty harshly affected and they tried to put them in a harsh tier system where you know you know you're locked down you can't do anything other areas like isle of man which there's only one way in and one way out and Mm. they locked it off and they sort of eradicated it fairly quickly they were back to normal Mm. and then and then obviously over the just over the christmas period and going into january it exploded to the point we had i think the highest number of deaths a day was somewhere between 1700 to 1800 oh a day That's... which it was horrendous yeah. so horrendous i think now we're we're definitely under the hundreds a day if not i think there was a reading in the paper mm. last week i think we had our first day of no covid deaths oh wow okay I mean, we're still getting COVID deaths, definitely, but there was a one one day in that when a week last week and a day last week where there was no COVID deaths and everyone's just like, Oh my god, it's working. Yeah, yeah. And that's to do with lockdown. Mm-hmm. I think definitely social social distancing measures has worked. I know it's a pain in the bum for everybody mm-hmm. because there's people who haven't seen their grandparents for over a year. And I totally understand that. But if you sort of think selflessly and everyone sort of bands in together, not that they have, but the majority, (laughs) (laughs) majority of people really does have an effect. And I think, I mean, there's been a lot of controversy with it, but I think personally coming from an NHS perspective, the vaccine has helped quite significantly as well. Vaccine? Vaccine? Yes. (laughs) How dare you, madam? What what do you mean a vaccine? Where's that? So how's how's the vaccine going? Oh, the rollout has mm. been phenomenal. I think more people are getting the first jab than the second at the moment because they're just trying to get more people some kind of immunity mm. uh, than they possibly can. Because I work for the NHS, I was one. I was offered one of the first people when Pfizer rolled out mm. to get it. So everyone in um, in the hospitals, uh, NHS workers in what you would call high-risk areas, which I work in one of them, working directly with deceased COVID patients on a daily basis, mm-hmm. we were offered that, as were other staff, you know, ICU nurses and doctors and A&E, resus, blah, blah, blah. They were offering it to sort of the older generations because they're more susceptible to catching it and dying from it, well. depending on, you know, if they probably have got other respiratory issues like COPD or previous pneumonia or Let's face it, old people don't need a reason to die. They, they'll they just do it with <laughs> the drop of a hat. They'll just, you look at them funny and they go, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they'd fall over something and shatter into glass. You know what, old people, they're, they're very brittle. Oh, my gosh. I know. They're it's like, so brittle. So, so brittle. So uh, it's trying to protect that generation, but also, I mean, the amount of people I've seen <laughs> had their first vaccine and then died. Of natural causes, mm. you know, a few weeks later, it's a bit like, eh, I could have used that somewhere else. 
I was to know I, I was talking to my I was talking to my mother. My mother is is a septuagenarian, so she's in her seventies and mm. and she was saying I mean she's happy to get it. She in well she can't she'll be getting it soon in Australia because Australia's behind. I won't you're go rolling in. out the AstraZeneca, I think. Yes, that's right. So you 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 got Pfizer, we're getting AstraZeneca, but it's taking a lot longer. I won't go into it again. I've mm. already talked about it on the podcast and uh, but it's taking a bit longer. My mother was saying, well, she'll definitely go get it because, you know, she's it's her time and she's earned it and all yeah. the rest. But she did say, why are they giving it to me? Like, why are they giving it to an old woman? Why don't they give it mm. to a young person who's out there? And she was like, I'll take it, sure. But she was kind of like, but why? And I was like, because it looks real bad if you suddenly drop dead, mother. And, you know, the nice old lady dies on street and it's just bad news, yeah. you know. And she was like, I, yes. It's definitely bad press. <laughs> and, and, and as she said, my mother's such a utilitarian, it's hilarious. She was like, yes, but if I die, you've only wasted maybe 10 years of life, maybe, maybe 10. But if, like, a 20-year-old dies, that's, like... 70 years of life wasted and i went oh that's you're such a utilitarian that's spooky yeah um, i mean there's there's all been a lot of discussion about that <laughs> over here as well when it first started rolling out there was mm. a lot of older people getting on and they are uh, you know letters to the editor uh don't understand you know we're happy to take it but at the same time we should be protecting the younger generations mm. from it it's like well no because the older generations are more susceptible to dying from yes, it yes so. that's right yes and also you don't i don't think it's i don't well i mean it's these are philosophical arguments which we've actually had on the podcast before with uh, with philosopher mm. Kevin Lowe, but uh, as in is, a year of life is not necessarily you're not basing on years of life. You don't go, oh well, actually, I have five years of life and you have you have twenty five years of life. Therefore, you are five times more valuable than me. You know, like it's kind of like, well, mm, yeah, but you can. <laughs> anyway, this big ethical debate. I think. I guess so. Yes, I think it's I think it's nice. Personally, I think it's nice for a society to go, hey, you know what we should do? We should protect. The, the those who are weaker in whatever way you want to say weaker economically weaker or or mm. um or uh immune system weaker or anything yeah. like that and you just that's just my crazy socialist leanings what can i say no but i think i think that's correct in a way i think that's very correct because what's the alternative these people are going to get really ill they're going to keep getting ill if you don't if they're not getting mm. vaccinated and they're going to end up in a and e resus anyway mm. and that creates a backlog on the nhs huh. good point that's a very good point actually so it's not even just being nice <laughs> it's the cost of my mother getting a terrible disease or getting covid and then taking up a bed and it's i mean purely the cost of it could be a reason to keep him out of the if, if it's cheaper to give him a jab but it's no but it's not just the cost it's what what it's what it's doing to the hospital systems it's putting mm. more and more pressure on the systems when we could be keeping those people out of a out of the hospital out sure. of um, you know intensive care mm. because those we've been seeing here the nhs has been under so much pressure to the point where some people had to close their doors because they just can't accept more people they're running out wow. of ventilators oh. so and those people if i'm if i'm you know brutally honest those people once they go in they're not going to come out yeah so it is kind of wasted resources when really if you give them a jab keep them out of hospital fine mm. um but if you don't you you suffer the consequences of them going into hospital taking up a bed for two weeks and mm. then, and then eventually going to die anyway yeah, yeah. was well, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure to use the old imperial yes. measurements how have you been holding up that because you work in a pretty full-on except for doctors and nurses and i mean you work in you see the pointy end of it. How's it affected you? The very pointy end. Oh, you know what? I'm in a lot 
the, the headspace I'm in now is a lot better than it was two months ago. I think everyone was at breaking point over January, February. We almost had to close our doors because we couldn't accept any more bodies. More people were coming down than they were going out to funeral directors. There was massive backlogs on funerals. I think there still is backlogs on funerals. So people are waiting, you know, four or five weeks for a funeral at one point. Yeah, it ended up being there was a lot more logistics management of bodies. We ended up on my site because we had a fixed capacity of about 200, which is quite large anyway, but that includes freezer space. So freezer space, so we work under the Human Tissue Authority. After 30 days of someone being in the mortuary, they have to go into a freezer to slow down, you know, decomposition, etc. You get gooey. Basically. Yeah, you don't want smelly bodies there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, undignified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we ended up doing, we worked with the the MMG, the Mortality Management Group for London, in getting more temporary a, spaces on site. Sorry, can I just stop there? The Mortality Management Group, that that is the darkest organization I've ever heard. Welcome to the 2020 and 2021, where we have to have a mortality management group. That's... Oh, they've been around longer than coronavirus. Oh, okay. Australia's definitely got one as well. Because oh, Because you okay. have to think, you know, what if oh. there's a mass mortality somewhere and there has to be management for that? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's... Okay. I've just... Oof. That's like... You're right. But we've also... Yeah. Okay. We've also got um, what you people may not be aware about is every country's got something what's called the DVI, the Disaster Victim Identification Group. And those are groups that go to things like, you know, the 7-7 bombings, Grenfell. Most people who are in my position or the anatomical pathology side of it are part of that DVI group and will be members of the MMG for big things that happen like this, you know, mass Mm. virus mortality or, you know, disaster mortality groups, that kind of thing, which people just don't think about. No, no, no. no, (laughs) That's that's where my job comes in. (laughs) Yeah, like death is just something that happens and you don't talk about it and no one, you bury someone and their bodies magically go away and you never think about them again, really. It's sort of... Yeah. Yeah, it's... You know what I mean? Like they, they, I'm assuming they just turn to, they just turn to vapour and vanish into the ether. That's how, surely... Uh, yes. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> and we discussed it many times. Yeah, yeah, but still, yeah, you forget that it, it, it's an industry and not yeah because there has to be an industry. There are so many humans, so it's got to be someone's job to take care of them and dispose of them. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's probably a very harsh word, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, to deal with their remains because you know we're a messy, mm. we're a messy, messy bag of everything, goo, and you know <laughs> that's when we're alive. I'm a messy bag of goo right now. God, I don't even think about. <laughs> when... just, yeah, a messy bag of goo is my uh, my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Popular. <laughs> <laughs> so things are getting looking up for you though. You're so you have Pfizer. That's what you're getting. You're getting um, Pfizer. We've got we've got both. Um, right. hosp- generally, hospitals are dishing out Pfizer and GPs are dishing out AstraZeneca because it doesn't have to be in a negative eighty degree freezer mm. uh, essentially so it's it's more widely transportable i mm. suppose that's why Pfizer's being kept in sort of you know your negative 80 in hospitals there's i mean there's benefits to both i think the the statistics is about 
for Pfizer is about 90% effective and mm. AstraZeneca is about 85, mm. something like that. It's all good. Um, it's all, it gives you more of a yeah. chance to fight it. I, I'll take I'll take any and all of them. Just whack it in my arm as exactly. soon as possible. Exactly. You know, if you've, if you've got a chance to, to get some kind of immunity to it, then mm. yeah, go for it. But obviously that's, that's subject to everyone's opinions. I know there's still a lot of people who are, they're a bit sort of hesitant to get it. Mm. Which is fine. Everyone's got their own opinions on it, um, and I think. And you're allowed to be wrong. Dis- <laughs> yeah, <you're- laughs> there's been a lot of discussion on um, oh, should you be able to travel or go these places or even work at some places mm. without having it? And there's a big debate against that because you do sort of get into playing grounds of uh, discrimination with that. But mm. at the same time, it's like I sort of see, you know, it'd be reaping the health benefits to have it if you're working in certain industries, but. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a whole other kettle of fish that yeah. let's not open to no, that. No, no. Yeah, I'll let the listeners make that decision once again. We'll probably bring it up in the future. We'll talk to philosopher Kevin Lowe again in the future and get some ethicists on and we'll have that discussion. Yes. But it's it's a big yes. thing. It is a big thing. But um, just get the vaccine, everyone. Just, just I'm just going to say it. You can send me hate mail. I don't care. <laughs> Greg at smartenough.org. Send me hate mail. That's fine. But... But Once send... you get it, they give you a sticker and a lollipop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Excellent. That's what I want. That's all I need. I, mm. I just need lollipops in my life. So I, <laughs> are you are you hopeful about the – I mean, I'm hoping that in six months' time I won't have to contact everyone again. Do you think that in six months' time we're going to be not done and dusted, but do you think this is going to be done if not dusted? No. Oh, <laughs> I wow. Guarantee, I can guarantee you it's not over. They will definitely, especially oh. in the UK, mm. because you have to look what is happening in Europe right now. There is a really bad third wave sweeping right across Europe. Oh, no. And I think, and I think <laughs> that is going to affect the UK at some point. But hang on, you um, said Brexit. That means you're not even... There's a force field they put up across the channel that protects you from the, the evil <laughs> Europeans. Got, there's a big glass dome between the dome now. Isn't that, what, isn't that what Brexit was? <laughs> it just went bzzz, clang, and all the Europeans got, <laughs> got thrown yeah, out. Yeah, lock and... the door, throw the key away. That's right, yeah, yeah. Um, no, in all, in all honesty, <laughs> I think we are going to be in for a, a third wave. If it's not, hopefully it's not as bad as the one we've just been through because oh, no. that was honestly the most horrendous experience of my life and I'm, yeah. I'm not even exaggerating it was awful really really stressful and really really upsetting so i think there yeah i think there will be especially from what we're seeing in europe at the moment they mm. they've got a very very deadly third wave sweeping across and i think even though yes we've all got the vaccine there's not enough of us who've got the vaccine to mm. really have a dramatic effect on when a third wave does come knocking at our door. But I still think that's, that's probably summertime it will, there'll be a lull because again, sort of optimal temperature for COVID is about between four and eight degrees, I think, temperature right. wise. Which is, um, that's just British temperature. That's just, that's, that's just, just, yeah, that's just us all year round. Um, <laughs> that's your summer. So, <laughs> I think now that we're coming into summer, there will be, a, a, a period of relaxation with it. Mm. But I think September time. September I'll say, time. Yeah, I'll say September oh, time. No. I think we're going to go back again to some kind of lockdown period. And that's just looking at it statistically over the last year, mm-hmm. you know, in, in seasons and waves. I don't think uh, coronavirus will never, ever go away. It's going mm. to, it's got mm. stuck with us now, much like, you know, the flu and the mm. common cold. 
they all started as some kind of epidemic or pandemic at some point and it sort of um, diluted itself to what we have now. So, yeah, just looking at it statistically, I think we are definitely going to be in for a few more waves. This year, I think we'll hit a third wave before the end of the year's out. Again, it's very, it's very dependent on how the greater population deals with it. Yeah. And how everyone reacts. Well, Rose, I hope you're wrong. I I hope you're. <laughs> me too, Greg. I want everyone to prove me wrong. I want I want the universe to go. No, Rose, you are incorrect, and we all just we'll, we'll get lollipops and just dance around like happy munchkins. That's my that's my take on it. Look, I I wish you the best. I hope I hope it doesn't come to pass because we don't need this. We need to move on mm. in some way, and I hope you stay safe and well. And we will talk to you. Maybe hope, I hope never. Don't take this the wrong I way. Hope, I hope this is the, in the nicest way possible, Greg. I hope this is the last time. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Oh well, Rose, thank you very much, and um, au revoir. Maybe. Au revoir. Au revoir. Zooming through the sky around the world to the southern hemisphere, the best hemisphere, we land in. On, in, in? I hope it's not in, but at least on the east coast of Australia. And that means we must be talking to Eloise. Hello, Eloise. Hello, Greg. So we are here on the east coast. Well, you are. I'm not on the east coast of Australia. I'm one-tenth the planet away from you. Very uh, far away. How is, how is the east coast of Australia going since well, six months has passed? The east coast had been doing fairly well for the last six weeks, literally up until the last week when... What did uh, you do? Oh, God, we let it get out again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was a bit of an issue where there was um, a COVID outbreak because of some hospital stays. So we have returning overseas travellers, which is basically where COVID comes from in Australia now. We've managed to essentially eradicate it from the community Uh, transmission population and COVID is literally just in our hotel quarantine Um, obviously because it's a terrible disease people do have to go to hospital when they get quite sick and yeah so we have specialized COVID wards in our major hospitals and unfortunately there, there is an investigation at the moment but two nurses and a doctor became infected in the last three weeks or so And because of that, uh, two little clusters emerged from people who were close contacts of them. So everyone went into a bit of a panic and uh, just (laughs) as you do. Um, And just this last week, we had a three day lockdown, which is really not that long. Like it's three days and you would not believe the bitching and moaning of people. (laughs) Oh, you're three days. It's all going to crap. And it's like it's. I just got off interviewing Rose from London, oh. who's been in lockdown for eight months, yeah. and, and she has zero Fs to give. Yeah, that I can imagine straight. that. And like, I follow that <laughs> on the news. I follow what's happening in the UK, what's been happening in Europe, uh, where bad things have been happening again. Uh, like America has been an ongoing shitstorm since March last year. And I just find it really... Uh, selfish and pretentious when people moan about three days and you know you have your very outlying fringes of people who just refuse to wear masks because they they seem to think that there's no value in it when there is and a lot of the problem is is that because we lock down because we're very strict in doing that 
we're able to suppress the virus. But because we don't see this massive, huge problem, people then assume, oh, well, what was the point of that? There was no point to it. I'm like, but that's mm. the point. We, we stopped yeah. it in its tracks. So it's really frustrating when people in federal government, and I won't name the potato head who said so today <laughs> that our Premier Anastasia, Panish uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk was overreacting because that's mm. just... Sorry, I'm very... That's always, it's it's always good when a man tells a woman that she's overreacting. Mm. It's always, it always comes from a place of, 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 uh, of, of happiness. Yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm very fired up. And like we, as I said, I was talking to you before we started recording about how emotionally I haven't been doing very well. I listened back to our last recording about how you asked how I was going. And like, I think I was mostly happy, sort of, moving through life just casually and just dealing with it all. But I have to say, I think I was, I was lying. Like I, I really haven't been doing very well. I've been very, very depressed to the point where like, I, I, I almost had to think, do I need to actually go and do something like go to a hospital? Because it was getting to the point where I just wasn't coping with anything. I wasn't coping at home. I wasn't coping at, work and I just I didn't want to mis misrepresent myself to people out there listening thinking that everything is hunky-dory and then I feel guilty because out of everyone in the world like Australia and New Zealand have done so well I feel like we've got nothing to complain about but it's just like this overwhelming anxiety about the state of the world in its entirety I keep thinking about how you know, we're over here trying our best to suppress it. And we're lucky, as I said in the last podcast, because we're an island nation, we're able to control who comes in and out of our borders, which means we don't spread the virus the way Europe does, because the like, even though they have borders between countries, it's still very much free flowing between them all. So... And we're spread out. I mean, let's face it, we have 27 million across a continent, yeah, so there's no one Very, here. very small population for the size of the country that we are. And that's what I've tried to tell people, like to say that it's not something to overly panic about. But that's not to say that, going back to our lockdown, that we shouldn't have done it. We should have. No, of course. Um, we're very different. We we seem to... Sorry to, to step in. We're, we're, it's, we seem to have got into the position of finding one person who has it, especially the everyone's very scared of the UK strain. Mm, and that's what it and, was. I should have mentioned that. There was the UK mm, strain that had that had gotten out. And one person's enough to shut everything mm -hmm. down for three days. And we do a short, sharp shock, and that knocks the transmission on the head or slows it down or something. And it's happened a few times, and yet in other countries they can't seem to do that. They have to wait till like 20, 30, 100 people, and then then, then, then they shut down, and it's too late. Mm. It's the, the, the horses have bolted. So Australia, somehow, I, 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 we, we just seem to accept. Maybe we're just, as I said before, we're just easily cowed, maybe. <laughs> we follow, for all our larrikin spirit, I think we also just follow rules very well. Yeah, and like <laughs> I said, I think in the previous podcast, um, you know, we are very good at following the instructions of our government. We still, even though we moan about our government a lot, I think we still do have a lot of confidence in our government, whereas that doesn't seem to happen in a lot of other countries where there's a lot of questioning about the people in control and in power. And 
it, like I just keep seeing about how new strains keep emerging, things keep getting out of control, people aren't sharing the vaccine the, the way that they promised they would. And then there are countries out there, like I read a report a little while ago, there's like five or six countries that have basically decided COVID is not a thing, North Korea being one of them. Uh, they, like they've just denied that it's a thing and say, no, we've had no cases. It's like, well, because you're not testing or bothering about it. You're just letting it run rampant. And that's what causes my anxiety thinking, well, how are we supposed to move out of this um, and get back to normal um, if if this is just going to be an ongoing thing for the next few years? And like, I know we emerged out of the Spanish flu. I know we've emerged out of pandemics in the past before. So I want to hope that things will be okay, but I don't, I, I catastrophize things quite a lot thinking, you know, this is the end and that the, we're never going to get back to the way that we were. Like we're never going to be able to travel overseas again, or we're never going to be able to get back to the theater properly again or something along those lines. I think there's uh, not catastrophizing. I think, I think there has been an equilibrium change. The paradigm has shifted permanently. Mm. I think it's, I think that's, that doesn't mean bad, by the way, and this is just my opinion, but I think we will never go back to the way it was. The normal is not going to be the same normal that we remember. Mm. But, like, your children will just have no different world that we know, that's all. And it won't be a worse world, particularly. It'll just be different. Uh, there are some good things that have come out of it, like Zoom. I love <laughs> Zoom. Uh, <laughs> my job is so much easier now. I don't have to literally go to everyone's office and touch their bodies and shake their hands. And, uh, <laughs> uh, it's gross. So now I can actually talk to them and have quick meetings. I, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I'm being a bit flippant there, but there are some good things that have come out of it. And... As Rose said in, in the last interview I just did, the it's going to probably she feels that it's going to be just like the flu every year. They'll, they'll just be the new vaccine, mm. and you'll just get it like the flu vaccine. It'll probably be built into your flu vaccine or something like that. You'll just get your your COVID shot for the year, the 2021, 2022, 2023, and and yeah, it's that's. Which is spooky, but maybe that's just the way the world's going to be. And I kind of expected that we would continue on with getting the, the vaccine forever. Like, even I think this time last year, we already had scientists saying it's out there now and it's permanently out there. and We're never going to be able to to rein it back. We'll just have to find uh, an, like, you know, the vaccine for it and just continue with that, which is fine. Like, that's what happened with the Spanish flu, with the uh, with the swine flu. I'm I can't remember if I said it last time, but I'm actually pretty convinced I had swine flu back in 2010. I think it was when there was that outbreak because I was damn sick that <laughs> just as it was being talked about in the news. Um, and it wasn't until in hindsight that I realised I probably should have gone to the doctor and not just sweated it out for three weeks because that one was killing people my age like it was it was attacking young people and people were dying I actually got tested last weekend so I was a bit sick like last Friday so just over a week ago and I felt guilty because I I had put it down to the fact that we're moving out of our house for a couple of weeks because uh, we're getting some things fixed because uh, we suffered from a big storm a few months ago and they're finally fixing our ceilings and we've been boxing things up and shifting furniture around. Uh, so I thought I was affected by the dust because, like, I sometimes get quite 
sniffy and congested if if there's like a lot of dust and pollen and whatnot. So I put it down to that. And it was like I was at work starting to feel a little bit worse as with every passing hour. And then it came through saying, someone's got COVID in the community. I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> so the next day I went and got a COVID test. It came back negative, thankfully. So that was like my fifth COVID test in the last 12 months. I've had two, both mandated by the oh, state. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> These were all just because I was ill and better be hmm. safe than sorry. So yeah, of course. Exactly. Well, in our country, we can do that. And yes. Hopefully everywhere can do that. But it's, sure, go get tested if you can. If you think you're even vaguely sick, go get tested. And if it's not COVID, they may work out what it is anyway. Yeah, they didn't actually send me the information about if it was a virus and what type of virus it was. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm well now. But unfortunately, I'd already passed it on to my poor mum who's really sick who also got tested and is, is negative, but I'm like, no, you just have some other awful virus. It's one of the lesser viruses. It's yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's the COVID-19 cover band. It's like, it's like uh, Movid, Movid-19. It's, just, it's a very different thing. Oh it's like all these fat old dudes just pretending to be COVID-19, but singing their songs for them. I don't. That's what it is. I can't even think what would have COVID So where do you think... Do you think my plan is to not have to chat to you in the nicest possible way, not to have to chat to you we'll never uh, talk to for each other at least again, Greg. <laughs> ever again, ever, ever okay. again? You know what you did. No. Uh, <laughs> but not have to chat for another year at least. Do you think it's going to be a year or do you think I'll be chatting to you again in six months? Uh, well, I would really hope that we don't have to have a chat again in six months. As I said, like, you know, the vaccine rollout is happening now. It's very slow, but, and I've actually been wavering between annoyance and yeah but it's a good thing because one we don't have community transmission so it it's better that um we are providing our vaccines to our fellow nations that are close by that really need it mm. for example Papua yeah. New Guinea Papua New Guinea like, yeah that's right yeah, yeah. some people yeah. who are like hey, why do they have to get it I'm like because they're a poorer nation and that it's really like terrible over there and you know we're fine like uh anyway politics you know so at the same time it's like oh, i really want the the vaccine but i haven't even looked up how to get it yet i i'm just waiting in line going eh, you know we need all of our vulnerable people to be vaccinated first i'll look it up when when it's time so i'll probably look at it in australia your doctor will tell you like you you'll that simple they'll let you yeah. know and you're younger and healthier than me, so you're going to be like 2027 <laughs> or something like that. Or... <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I'm hoping with the vaccine rollout, we won't need to talk again in six months. Maybe a year's time is a good is a good uh, time frame. So uh, yeah, I'm to, I just I really want to go and see Hamilton in July. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping nothing happens between now and then. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that that's my advice. Wear a mask until such time that we feel like we don't need to wear one anymore. Personally, I think I'm going to actually continue wearing a mask even after the dangers of COVID is over because I would really like to stop, you know, getting sick all the time. And I'm pretty sure a lot of the time it's from being in close contact with people in, in um, enclosed areas like a train or a bus. Uh, Humans are filthy. Yeah. We're, we're, we're the worst. We're, we're, the, we're a vector. That's all we are. We're just a horrible and vector. And the whole hand-washing uh, thing as well. 
that's right. I'm going to cut mine off. I'm just going to. That's it. I'm going to get robot claws. Thank you very much, Eloise. I do appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me again, Greg. <laughs> Be safe, and uh, we will talk in the future in some time, one day, probably. <laughs> Excellent. Maybe. It's just a short jump across the ditch to New Zealand and to Kath. Hello, Kath. Kia ora. Nice to see you again. Good to see you too. So please, how terrible is New Zealand right now? Are you all suffering through COVID? Oh, we're all suffering terribly. <laughs> Hate you so much. <laughs> no, we're doing pretty good. We've had a couple of small lockdowns due to outbreaks in Auckland, which is basically the gateway to the country. Mm -hmm. And our vaccine plan has really, like the last few say week or so has really kicked off right so most of us should be all vaccinated by the end of july <laughs> at the very latest that's just a seven of you isn't it it's like seven people <laughs> in new zealand <laughs> well they started the first round like a couple of months ago but yes now it's starting on the sort of public round okay right the yeah. new zealand has does new zealand have two and a half million three and a half million just under five. Five? Oh, I'm sorry. I apologise. Here we go. They're known over here as the team of five million. That's very cool. That's, yeah, I like yeah. that. So it, it does, I guess it does, I'm not taking anything away from what you're doing, but it, it does make it easier when you're an island nation with five million people, as in, it, yeah. it, it makes it easier. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, look, it could have gone horribly wrong. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And we did the mahi at the beginning, the hard work. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, this is a pretty tight country, so people generally just follow, swallow it, follow the rules. Let's nip this in the bud. Right. Yes. We can get back to normal and have, you know, stadium level concerts, and uh, <laughs> we've been having festivals. What on, madness! Last weekend, last weekend I think it was, was Cuba Duper, which is the big Wellington festival. Wow! Oh, there you, you go. Know, the crowded streets. People all singing and dancing together. So hang on, I, I, I don't think I can listen to you anymore. I'm, I'm just so angry. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm really, really happy. That's really, really good. It's, yeah, it's... yeah, and we all have to stop and remind ourselves that how lucky we are mm. here, and and that when we do have a dip, it's like a dip for three days or five days. Mm -hmm. and most of the country just has to go back to, you know. Very little change, you know, a little bit of social distancing. <laughs> it's poor old Auckland that cops it every time. Yeah. yeah. And because they do, the rest of us can chill, you know? <laughs> it's like, let's be grateful to Auckland. Right, yes, yes. And your shield that is Auckland, the mighty shield That's of right. Auckland. And, and, you know, there's a lot of negativity every time it happens. Like, bloody Auckland, they're infecting us all. And I'm like, no. <laughs> they're kind of the, they're kind of the, 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 the you know, perimeter fence. Yes. Yep. Um, and they go into level three lockdown so oh. the rest of us don't have to. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm, look, I'm, I'm actually very glad to hear that. I, I am hoping, as I was saying to all the interviewees, I'm hoping that I won't be chatting to you again in six months. Do you think, I hope so. do you think it's going to be, <laughs> do you think it's going to be, a, a, do you think this is what's going to be happening in six months or a year's time? What's happening now? Just more of the same or do you think it'll be done? Yeah. Fully? Like, the way the vaccination rollout's going, I think, you know, internally in New Zealand, we'll be settled back into... It is a new normal. It's not 100% what 
the world was before. You know, tourism is gone, most except for local tourism. But there's been smart decisions made and other industries have filled that up. We're also lucky in that we produce most of our own food and everything here. Every, you know, our manufacturing's up. There's very little we've had to worry about with shortages and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I think it's it's a combination of luck and getting in early has got us where we are. Listening to the science. That's, that's, I'm just, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, we want – I'm quite sure I'm not alone in wanting to be able to connect with people all around the world mm-hmm. face-to-face. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Australian, so I really would like my Aussie loved ones to come visit me. That's it. Look, everyone on the podcast, when we can, everyone who listens to this podcast, thousands of us are all going to come to visit you as soon as possible. I promise oh, that. If I could get you all into Wellington and show <laughs> this beautiful city off, I would. <laughs> there, there you go. Listeners, you've heard it. That's an invitation from Kath. So thank you, Kath. We'll all be staying at your – have you got a couch? We can all stay on your couch. Uh, yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, damn it. Oh, it's fine. We'll, look, we'll get our own accommodation then. Yeah, I'll, I'll help you find something. Thank you. I appreciate that. You'll ask around the other the other yeah, two yeah. people who live in Wellington. That'd be great. That's right. It's, you know, we're, <laughs> like pretty much everyone other than me is related. So fantastic. You know, that's that's great. Everyone is Fano, so <laughs> that's amazing. Kath, thank you very much. Best of oh, luck, and and hopefully everything will be great next time we chat. Good luck to you and everyone else. From New Zealand, we move to another new place. That's not actually new. It's actually quite old. New York. And chatting to Amaya. Hello, Amaya. Hello. How are we doing? Well, well, that's right. I'm, I'm fine. I've, I'm, I... And you've got a, a fan, obviously, in the background there. They're just excited when the phone rings because they think it's takeout arriving. <laughs> Fantastic. They're corgis. For our listeners, they're corgis. They're very adorable and uh, great. I'm glad they're on the podcast. But moving right along, we're we're okay here in Australia. New York, I I just don't know anymore. As in, America sort of seems to be an odd place. On one level, there seems to be massive amounts of vaccine being bought and given out. And on the other hand, it feels like people, some people don't want it. It, I just had this, it seems... Almost schizophrenic from an outsider's point of view. What's what's an what's a inside point of view? So I think the thing that I never realized until I lived in America is that it's it's not so much a homogenous country as it is a set of of states, right? Mm. And that really the culture of individual states is incredibly different in the same way that say countries in the Pacific might be, or countries in Europe might be, and they each right. have their own individual culture and, and take on things. And this is exacerbated by what they call states' rights, which means that individual states have very different legislative and funding rules, for example. Mm. And so, yes, you're absolutely right. Like, every state has a very different take on this, and it's heavily influenced by the, you know, the population statistics of that state. So when you're in somewhere, you know, like New York, which is high density population, many people, most people that you meet in New York are not native to New York. They've either become successful in another country and moved to New York or become successful elsewhere in the United States and come to New York. And so there is a lot of focus on health and safety for things around COVID and a lot more comfort with things like public health rules, for example. 
Yeah. And you can't say the same of every state, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and there is a there is a general trend towards distrust of government or lack of interest in government control in more conservative states in America. Right. And and what I would say is some of that some of that is rational. You know, the government has not always been kind to certain classes of people or certain populations of the United States. And they don't have, you know, consistent mandates for things like public welfare, public health, you know, these kind of things. And so the expectation that a government who has been very devoid of responsibility for public health is suddenly going to step up yeah. and be altruistic in a pandemic mm. is just not a common perspective right yeah. so so that's that's part of what you're seeing play out right that really it's rational how they get to this point it's unfortunate mm. and you know so basically uh, is they, they've they've just to sum it up so if the idea is well they've messed us around for the last 100 years why do we think right now they're going to become our bestest buddy and exactly pro- and and a do it properly want to do it properly and know how to do it properly Exactly, exactly. And so what you're looking at really, as well as this kind of cultural distrust, is that unlike somewhere like Australia, you know, or even New Zealand or the UK, where there is a logistics pipeline for things like dissemination of health and vaccines, uh, for the most part, those either don't exist or have been privatised in America. And so they don't necessarily have the pipeline for things like vaccine distribution, right? And so they're having to scramble at the last minute. Some of the the departments that were funded to be this responsiveness in a pandemic were defunded by the previous government, Mm -hmm. right? And so Mm -hmm. you end up in a situation where absolutely there is a genuine distrust that the government is able to make a difference. And sometimes that's true, Mm -hmm. right? So what I would say is New York, I feel very lucky in that the population does generally care a great deal, right? You, you know, people do wear masks, people are sanitizing and washing their hands everywhere you go, people are being honorable about things like social distancing and and following the rules. Every corner store, every restaurant, everything that is open has has mandates about sort of how you must proceed and, and those are being enforced and people are not generally pushing back. Okay, so um, they, they're following the rules. Yes. Oh, wow, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, but if you go to somewhere like, say... Texas or Kansas, you know, where there are not mandated mask rules and yeah. there is a, a certain amount of the population who are cynical about the impact of the, the pandemic itself or mm-hmm. the impact of vaccines, that isn't true. And you do see a range of people doing, you know, dangerous things or people treating mask mandates and, you know, pandemic response rules as oppressing their freedom. Yeah, And because yeah. that's so constitutionally, culturally baked into the American identity, for them, any rules that have been created around COVID, regardless of whether they are for their own health, mm-hmm. still seem to be something they want to push back against. Yeah. It's, that, that's something I will never quite understand. And it's a cultural thing, as you said. It's just a massive cultural thing. So when, you know, for example... We had a lockdown here in Western Australia where they, there was one case found. And I went, oh, my goodness, we found one case in our state. And they shut the state down for a week. And there was a bit of grumbling. And, you know, oh, my goodness, the business is going out of business. And that's this grumbling. But there wasn't a marching in the streets. There was no feeling of, I mean, in fact, the, the government is the most 
popular government there's ever been in, in our state and who, who won his local election the, the state election unbelievably well and you go oh that's a cultural thing australians went oh you want us to sit inside for a week okay we'll do that and they did it and then they all yep. came out and went hooray Whereas, so, so again it's very situational here so around christmas um, New York did something very similar. They said, you know what, we can see that people are going to be having very large group dinners and holiday parties, and this is a, a real infection risk, and they shut a lot of indoor dining and things that had been sort of relatively recently reopened back down again in mm -hmm. New York, just in time for the second wave. So they were absolutely right yes. wow. in, okay. in terms of their fear, and, and people really did respond to that. But, it, you know, it worked. And so we're now down into numbers that are looking pretty healthy. So I was just looking at some numbers. So we're at a point where 20% of the U.S. is currently vaccinated. That's, that's um, mind-blowing. Right. Wow. That's like 70 million people or so, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. So it's, um, I can tell you exactly, it's um, 66 million people. Wow. have been vaccinated already and and of that it is higher in some places so within new york it's a little bit higher statistically so we're at sort of four and a half million people vaccinated in new york um <laughs> for a total population of just under 20 right so you're looking at the population of australia in oh, a single city yes and so and that's, that's a little uh, that's a little under 23 percent of our local population Right. And so with that, they are starting to be able to relax the rules a little, but not not unsensibly. So mm. we've got to a point where limited indoor dining is open again. Some non-essential businesses are open again. Like I can go to a comic book store if I want. I can go <laughs> to a pub and have a drink if I want. But there they, are limits. They've opened on... up they've opened up the important things like comic book stores and pubs. Thank yes. God. Well, those are the things that are important to me. Uh, <laughs> But what I would say is like we're we're reaching a point where entertainment venues have just recently started reopening, but for a very limited number. So you can go to a movie theater, for example, to twenty five percent saturation. You, they are starting to open up things like Broadway, but you know mm. the the sustainability of those businesses, particularly something like Broadway, where you are paying for potentially a very large cast and crew, yeah, um, yeah. where where the economics of that have been calculated against a full house. Yeah. every night yeah you have to you have, know, yeah you have to fill up you have to fill those cities and it's all a yes. lot of it's tourist based i assume i mean not right. not new yorkers um so it really depends what it is and so what i would say is we're going to see a prevalence of certain types of entertainment be live for some time in new york so for instance it's very reasonable to go and see a classical music quartet or a one-person play it is not reasonable to go and see a disney musical with a cast of 50 people mm -hmm. and so i think that's really where we're going to be see differences and frankly you know those big flashy hamilton disney large chorus ensembles are the ones that are the tourists yeah trade. Right. okay Right. And so what I actually expect to happen more over time, for instance, is that they've learnt that there are ways to still make money out of that kind of industry that, that just have pivoted somewhat. So the prime example is Hamilton. Right. So Hamilton, they released onto Disney Plus mm -hmm. on July 4th last year to immense, it, it, it upticked Disney Plus membership mm -hmm. to right. a noticeable amount, for example. And so I expect that that is going to be the medium term future for entertainment. Similarly, I keep saying to people, you know, like, because we're, we're people who go to the movies regularly and still go and sit in the theater, which is unusual. And people mm -hmm. are like, well, what is there to see? And I'm so, well, we're still actually catching up on the back catalog of things that we're 
either recorded before the pandemic or recorded in Australia and New Zealand. Yes. <laughs> but also, but also there is a set of entertainment that still works in that environment. So, you know, we're starting to see more animation. We're starting to see more documentaries, things that can be done from isolation that you can do one or two voices at a time and maybe cut with animation that can be made in isolation or stock footage that, that has already existed, things like this. So I just think we're going to see a, a difference in the way that things come about. Similarly, you know, the working structure, I think, of New York is going to be forever changed, mm-hmm. right? Because in a world where you don't need to buy an entire building for Wall Street traders, yeah. you know, those, those, those seats are worth billions for a company. Yeah. Right? And, and, and people, so and, why would you? Yeah. Y- yes, save, save money. Now, so here's my question to you. We've been chatting once every six months because these catch-ups. I, I very stupidly thought at the start we would you know, have one catch-up or maybe six months would be done. Ha, ha, ha. Now, here we are a year later. So I'm going to – can you put on your prognostication hat? Do you think right. there'll be any reason for us to chat in six months or do you think we'd have to be waiting a year to see you for the next interview? So I think we are going to be speaking in another six months. Um, unfortunately and, <laughs> well I do hate these chats um, but uh, well, the question mark is are we going to be chatting beyond that because what I can tell you is that for me it's really six months before they're scheduling having anybody back in my office for example mm. okay right yeah. um, and that's not an unusual story so see, you're still seeing six more months of working from home mainly working from home uh, working remotely yeah. Okay. And in fact, you know, because I work in tech, actually, I think there is going to be a pivot for quite a number of companies on whether on what percentage of the population works in an office at all. Mm. Because in a world where I have diverse locations for my engineering teams as it is, I have some people in New York and some people on the West Coast and some people in Europe and so on. There really isn't a co-location benefit of you know, programs and projects and teams being in an office necessarily, you're already separated by distances. So whether you are working from a home office or you're working from from a very expensive seat in yeah. downtown Manhattan, it really doesn't make all that much difference. Yeah. And okay. so wow. what what I think we're gonna see is ongoing work flexibility and that what the pandemic has actually done is generated more flexible working options. And I and mm. look as someone who is very keen on diversity and inclusion, I think that this is actually, this is a this is a better outcome for the workforce in general, because that means you don't necessarily have to make a choice between location and your job or family mm-hmm. and job. Um, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that this is a reasonable, you know, revolution in terms of thinking about, about how business make money. It's, I've so noticed a change uh, with even in the idea of, in the area of uh, disability, people with disabilities, and you, you, where before everyone would make lip service, but it, you know you still have difficulty getting into my office and elevators and stairs and all the rest. But if you can work from home, if if you have that sort of job, then it's why wouldn't you hire someone? It, be, as a manager, I'd go, no, I can just hire that person. They don't, they don't need to leave their house. That's not my problem. Set up the you know, right. set up their workspace properly. Yes. And they can and, and this is, contribute. And this is exactly what's happening because I've had that exact case, people who, you know, had hearing or, or you know, eye impairments. And it was very difficult for, you know, physical spaces for to be accommodated for them. There was a cost to the company. That was a factor. And people will say that, you know, well, it's legislated against and you can't discriminate on the basis of, of you know, disability. But the reality is that 
you know, at the same time as people experience a different uptake in jobs that they qualified for. And so yeah. a place where, as you say, they already have a house that is disability accessible and, you know, uh, machinery and internet that is disability accessible, then yes, absolutely. There's, there's no difference between that employee and the person next to them. Yeah. You're saying for, I love the idea that people can, we, we legislate against this and you're like, yeah, but even, come on, let's be honest. If you had a, a range of four people put on your desk and they're all equal, as in the four people, I, I hate to say it, maybe I'm an evil human being, but I can honestly see a manager going, well, I won't pick that person because they've got this problem. And, and I would never say it aloud, but, and, and, but you know, you're still getting a person who can do the job. You're just getting, yeah. Yes. And, and so and, and the reality is if it's, if it's tacit discrimination like that, it's incredibly hard to, to, to prove yeah. exactly that. Because you see the same, whether it's disability or whether it's pregnancy or whether mm. it's any of these things, that if you have, you know, candidates who are in all other ways equal and that person does not get chosen, how do you prove yeah. that that was yeah. the case? Yeah. Right? You, you didn't pick that person because they're a woman. Oh, no, no, there was a man and a woman. And I, we just felt that jim was the right person for the job and you're like right. sure sure they were but it's yeah yeah it's hard it, that's a cultural change that's look, that's a whole different podcast yes. Holy, oh my god that's a whole different podcast put the, put the back podcast. in the can but the point the point is that i think that at this point there is um you know long-term changes to the way that we structure work and home because of the pandemic and i think that we have you know, immediate short-term to medium-term effects in terms of, yes, potentially over the next few months, people will start working more and more in offices. And as the, the you know, the vaccinated portion of the population goes up, so there are certainly more things that are returning to normal. You know, the CDC has issued travel advice that says if you're vaccinated, there's no reason not to travel domestically within the United States, for example. Oh, wow. And oh, so, wow. you know, those kind of things will start to become normal. That That means things like you know, the vacation industry will go back to normal, the restaurant industry will go back to normal, these kind of things. And that's not just health-wise that's an impact, that's an economic boom change, right? Because at one point, over 40% of the American population had either lost their job or had their income reduced. And so what they're actually expecting is a roaring 20s-style resurgence, like, (laughs) of people suddenly kind of breaking out of their shell maybe having saved some more money because they weren't going on vacation and they weren't eating out all the time or, you know, whatever. And, and, and that's, that's the expectation. So I think that there's going to be a lot more normalcy or even overreaction to, you know, to post vaccine COVID. But I also think that we've seen very different things in terms of what works for remote working and how well, the technology is set up for many, particularly knowledge worker jobs, to be run from home. Now, clearly, there is a set of jobs where that's not true. If you work in a lab, if you work in a manufacturing facility, that's yeah. not work you can take home, right? And 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 I hope that the outcome there is not, you know, tiering of class, you know, built on mm-hmm. your need to be in a location. But, you know, for many people, this opens up a lot more flexibility and, and unlike past where there was more flexibility in places in jobs that were run or companies that were run by maybe a more technologically savvy or a younger audience now a lot of people are seeing that this works that if you don't have to have a two-hour commute and you don't have to you know live within a certain very expensive distance of a 
of a Seattle or a Silicon Valley, then, you know, people are happier and they're more productive. And that is actually becoming more obvious to people. Yeah. yeah. I hope that's what comes with. Amaya, thank you once again for your insights. Even though you don't want to talk to me, I look forward to talking to you again in six months' time. <laughs> it's just because I'm a terrible person, Greg. Look, 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 that's why we get you on the podcast. <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much for chatting. Absolutely. From New York City, I plunge across the Pacific Ocean until we find ourselves once again in the Philippines talking to Gabe. Hello, Gabe. Hey, Greg. It's, it's comforting to hear from you again. Oh, yeah. I don't get that very <laughs> often. That's fantastic. You can stay. I like you. You can stay. The last guest was nasty to me, so we like you much more. <laughs> <laughs> we can all use a little bit of niceness in our, wor in our worlds now. We really, really can. <laughs> it's true. So you're in the Philippines and you're just outside. No, no, that's right. You're not near Manila. You're, north. you're to the north, north of Manila. Manila. That's right. Yes. Sorry about that. I should, I should probably do my interview uh, research a bit better before just chumming <laughs> and chatting to people. That's a bit silly of me. But <laughs> uh, yes. And so what's the experience of the Philippines at the moment? What's your experience? Okay. It's the worst it's ever been. I have the the data from April 1 to 5, where we're, we're talking on April, April 10. Well, from 1 to 5, we had, oh gosh, we had, I think, 50,000 new cases. Oh my goodness. Hundreds of new deaths. But just yesterday, we had 12,000 new cases mm. and 400 deaths. Oh my goodness. And we have not seen those numbers before. So it's the worst it's ever been. That's the terrible news. And we have a president who has not shown himself to the public since March 29. Oh, my goodness. Okay, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> just, just sort of vanished. Just, just, just vanished. He sends pictures out um, to prove that he's alive. Oh, that's but nice. There's no, <laughs> there's no proof that he's working or mm. even concerned. So uh, we're, okay. we're in some deep doo-doo. That's, that's, that is absolutely awful. So is that just everyone expected it to go? Is this like another wave or is this, is this just never, never stopped waving? It's another wave. It, it, it did go down to what seemed like a reasonable level around February. Um, when, when people were talking about they were expecting a big wave in December and all mm. of that, we had a tiny one, an mm. almost negligible one, despite people going out and, and, and meeting families and all of that. And I think that gave people a lot of, a lot of I don't know, misplaced confidence that, you know, hey, right. we can see each other and all of that. But... We've been hit by variants. We have our own variant. Um, oh, gosh. That has completely, completely spread and, 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 and taken over now. What, what does that mean? As, as, is there any indications from your government what to do? Or have you just been left to fend for yourself now? Just sort of do what you like or do what you can? Okay, so we are, there are lockdown levels. And the capital is on the highest lockdown level called ECQ and and that means some many only essential stores and only essential businesses are open nobody under 15 and over 60 can even leave the house oh, and okay. those that leave the house have to have uh, have to be sort of the assigned person to do it outside some other cities have that but they that that happens in the capital and the surrounding provinces 
all the hospitals uh, in the capital and in the major cities um, are at capacity. Mm-hmm. You have people in the capital who get sick of COVID who have to travel to cities far away just to get hospital care. Yeah. And still, lots are dying every day. Yeah, that's 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 horrific. And is there any talk of vaccination or anything like that in the Philippines? Yeah, uh, our vaccination supply is low. Mm-hmm. Um, we've only gotten maybe under a million doses of um, AstraZeneca, maybe mm-hmm. about two million of, of Sinovac. The pace is slow, but you can get it if you're informed and if you really try. I got vaccinated. Oh, well, wow. congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I got vaccinated with my first dose, dose on March 31. Mm-hmm. But I live in a city that's a lot smaller than Manila. And I really follow the announcements from the health office. And I'm really proactive about it. Mm-hmm. So you can get it if you're informed. But for those who are, who need it the most, the poor communities... The seniors who might not have internet access and all of that, they're not getting it as fast. Right. Uh, so it's not, the information is not being passed to them. And considering that maybe a little over a million have been vaccinated already here, mm-hmm. but we're a country of 110 million. That's not Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. 1%. Yeah. So you're not. Goodness me. So... Does that, I mean, obviously 1% is not going to protect, the herd immunity concept is not even yeah. close. It has to be like 70% or something like that. Right. Uh, so that's going to take a while. Is Do you think there'll be a, a speed up of that or do you think it's just going to keep trickling into the community over time? I think it'll keep, it'll keep trickling in because with what's happening with um, just the other day, they've already stopped recommending the use of AstraZeneca for certain populations, like mm-hmm. for below 60 They've said, don't don't take it for now. So our only choice right now is Sinovac. Right. Uh, so, which you don't have much of at all. Yes. Mm. And right now, China has um, occupied uh, another one of our islands. Oh. So yeah. they're going to tie that together. Then even our supply of Sinovac will be. Of course, sorry, Sinovac. I just realized what Sino and Sinovac yeah, stands for. Yeah. Sorry, I had, I had to think that through. Yes, yes, of course. Yes. We, we don't hear about Sinovac very uh, in Australia because uh, we have AstraZeneca and Pfizer. So yeah. that's, that's the other one. I don't think we have the cold chain really to cold uh, cold chain to really take care of Pfizer Mm-mm. just yeah. yet. It has to be even like negative then, forty degrees Celsius, something yeah. like that. Even then, we do have something like maybe a million coming in June or July, but yeah. it's the same with other countries in the world. Uh, there's just no supply to get. The only mm. vaccine that we can get right now is Sinovac. Sinovac, yeah. And you think, and and you have a feeling that it could be used as a bargaining chip, taken away if if you don't play ball, then Absolutely. it can be it can be taken away from you. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what's, what's the other one? There's a Russian one, uh, Sputnik Five, which I think is the best name. Five. <laughs> of all the names, if, if someone said to me, "What vaccine do you want?" Just on the name alone, I want something called Sputnik Five, because either I'll be vaccinated against the disease, 
or I'll get superpowers, one or the other. I'm not too sure. Or it'll get you high. Uh, um, well, yes, maybe. Look, hey, hey, we all need a pickup in this world at this point. <laughs> I think we're getting some Sputnik. Um, okay, all right. <laughs> in April as well. What what the Philippines has done, it has no choice, is that it tried to get from all suppliers. So we've got some from India. But even those, we're not high on the priority list. Yes, that's this. This is the this is the thing I've noticed is you have all these sort of wealthy, westernized countries, and they're like just buying in millions of doses yeah. and hundreds of millions of doses, and then other places that aren't as wealthy and aren't as westernized are taking longer and and are being forgotten. I mean, places in the, you know, on the African continent aren't, aren't going to get any for like months and months and months, which is just heartbreaking, and, and you realize. Yeah. I understand that countries looking after their own people, but there's also, wouldn't it be great if there was some sort of global chain? I know I just, you know, made a comment, but you know, I don't know, just, uh, yeah, they're, uh, supposed be, they're supposed to be that one put, put together, um, the COVAX facility, mm-hmm. which is supposed to, which is the developed countries pooling money together and sending it over to underdeveloped countries. In fact, maybe half of our vaccines now are from the COVAX facility. Oh. Okay. But it's AstraZeneca mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so far. And with the with the advisories against it all over the world, they limited it mm. also here. So it's a lot of factors. It's, yeah, that's right. It's it's a it is a very difficult to try and let's face it, we've never had to try and vaccinate seven point seven billion people before. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a huge problem. So I've been asking all my interviewees whether or not you think we chatting again in six months, or will you have to wait for twelve months to talk again for another update? Where do you think? Do you think there'll be something to talk about in six months, or do you I think you'll be so. in a very position? You, <laughs> I hope so. Yes, <laughs> I hope so. So, what will change in six months is. We're expecting the bulk of all the non-Sinovac orders to come in by June or July. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there should be enough supply to get... They're projecting that we will have the supply of ordered vaccine to cover 70 million. Wow. Um, within wow. 2020. Uh, okay. 21. 2021. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sorry. It, I just no, 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 no. I understand that. Are you forgetting <laughs> that 2020 existed? My brain goes 2019, 2021. Something happened yeah. in 2020. I don't want to think about. It. It's like trauma. I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> you just slept through it. So uh, yeah, <laughs> the ordered uh, in the pipeline are 70 million plus vaccines in, by the end of 2021. Whether they can efficiently roll it out is the bigger question. Although, when I did get vaccinated March 31, it was their first public run because before that, the city was just vaccinating healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. And then seniors were supposed to come next, but seniors couldn't get Sinovac last last week, but now they can. Mm -hmm. But so it was me, people with, you know, comorbidities and chronic diseases. So that was me last week. My process took four hours. So uh, right now, I've heard that it only takes two hours now. Okay. So yeah. they've got to improve the the vaccination speed for them to stand a chance. 
what they need is like a car that just drives around and people with blow guns and just go and just fire it into your neck. That's it. You stand, you stand there when you're, like, when you, when you're going out for milk and bread in the morning or something and, 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 I, and you get, you know, they just fire a dart into your buttock. You go, oh, thank you. And then you're fine. <laughs> That's a very outback solution. To... <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're a pragmatic people here in Australia. What can I say? <laughs> Gabe, I, I am sorry to hear that everything's so, so horrible in the Philippines, but I'm hoping that it gets better for you very, very soon. And hopefully the next time we talk, we'll have a much happier conversation about how great the Philippines is doing. I hope to regale you with my stories of vaccination efficiency and breathtaking <laughs> speed at which they're vaccinating the population the next time we talk. I hope so too. Thank you for your time, Gabe. Thanks, Greg. From the Philippines, I leap back across the, which ocean? The Pacific Ocean, the big one, the peaceful ocean, and land like a superhero. Superhero landing in Seattle to talk to Gabby and Jess. Hello. 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 <laughs> it's been ages. It has been. It has been six whole months since we've last chatted. It's marches. <laughs> I do need to ask, because last time we chatted, you'd moved uh, from the Caribbean region, and then you came to Seattle. So, totally by surprise, you were no longer in the world where I thought you were. Are you still in Seattle? Yes. For the time being, yes. Okay. For the next right. two, three, couple months. Next couple, yeah. of, next couple of months. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll unpack that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. We'll get to that. So how's it all going in Seattle? How's the, uh, how's the northwest of the United States of America? Things are going well. Good. I we're our life has more or less been similar to what it was when you last connected with us. Right. Uh, Probably a bit less stress because we had the election results came in. So Biden, oh, Biden is the new president. That's right. Yes. Kamala Harris is the new vice president. Yes. yes. Than Biden definitely is more exciting. So that I think there's like less stress. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually now thinking back to our last conversation yeah. and trying to be like, there was some sort of like something was happening cloud. in October. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were you were you were wondering about the election last time and how it was all going yeah. to go, and so you were happy with the results. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Very. Happy. I mean, honestly, anything that is not Trump is. I mean, sure. I shouldn't say that. There could be a worse. There could be someone worse, but yeah, sure. There's, sure. there's more even evil villains, but it's all right. You don't have to. You don't. You don't have to equal equal side on this. Uh, I'm happy to go out on the line and say whether whatever politics you believe in, he's not a nice person. He's not a good person. Uh, you can be a conservative. I have conservative. I have some conservative friends myself, but uh, I think you can honestly say that he's a he's a. I'm going to say a piece of shit. I said it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, got it out of the way there. So that's fine. <laughs> All right. You don't have to say yeah. it. You don't have to say anything. But yeah. Oh, no, that was. Yeah, that's been helpful. That was a nice period of time. Uh, and unlike our traditional elections, which already feel like they last forever, this one managed to spill over into the new year anyway. Yeah, that was uh, nuts. Sorry. <laughs> As an outsider, that was the most crazy thing I, I never thought I'd see in the United States. That's what happens in crazy banana republics that, that are you know that's what happened that's what it feels like to me but when yeah. the most powerful nation on the earth 
suddenly loses its collective mu- sorry i apologize i'm trying to <laughs> That's so, no, it totally did it absolutely it did. was it was bizarre and i i used to be able to like kind of in those yeah. trivia games that you do with people where you're like all right fun fact what have you done like i could be like mm-hmm. oh well, i i had been in a country where there was technically a coup going on and, mm-hmm. and that made me unique and different and now no longer true <laughs> in coup i forgot <laughs> yeah it was, that. it was that little thing uh, so since we last talked <laughs> i don't know just like play some headlines or something so read out like all the random shit that's gone down yeah in in the states it's oh i think oh. it seems it seems like everything's a bit calmer at the very least is that is that your feeling on the inside they do there's obviously a ton of work like but i think a lot of people are taking a breath Ooh, okay, we're not like the PR strategy of the current administration seems very different. It does not require having being front and center of people's thought space. We're at getting all out times. of an abusive relationship, <laughs> yeah. and we're trying. To- <laughs> <laughs> right, that's very that's very astute, Gabby. Yeah, that's really really astute. I, I can't take credit for it. I think ah. that's that, that's probably the internet that I've read. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. fine. That's right, but it is very yeah. It feels. I wasn't even there. I, I have an ocean between me, and it still feels like this weirdly aggressive uncle I had to have around in my house at the yeah. time. It was very odd. Anyway. Yeah, it was on. like Thanksgiving dinner that never ended. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> that'll be a reference that'll go over well in Australia. <laughs> we get, we've seen enough movies. And but what about you personally? How's your life been affected in the last six months? I, I've kind of, I've continued working remotely. So it's, it, uh, my, I've been really fortunate in that my work has is I, I do cloud computing consulting, and so it is something that allows for me to work remotely from clients and continue doing what we're doing because it's not supposed to be with their mm-hmm. software or on prem. It's it's in the cloud. Mm-hmm. So I've been incredibly fortunate in order to be able to continue doing that. And uh, it's strange though. Like I, I, one of the things that uh, attracted me to the company that I'm with was kind of the the company culture, the uh, the camaraderie that everybody has, and that oftentimes was like done in person uh, on trips mm. to Chicago and things like that. We've all adapted and continued to maintain that camaraderie remotely, but it it feels very strange and different. One of the things I, I started doing was I I love taking cooking classes. <laughs> and so I discovered that Airbnb does these online experiences now as they've like tried to adapt their business model to survive in this. And there are people from around the world that used to do cooking classes in person that can't do that. And so they now offer up online cooking courses. And, <laughs> and, and so like we've, I've done like a Moroccan one, mm-hmm. a South Korean one. Uh, and just tonight we just did Indonesian Balinese one. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, and it's great because it's like hosted by people from around the world. So, so this is the, actually this, this is the second Zoom meeting I've had today with somebody <laughs> in the hemisphere. Wow! Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's been very neat. It's, it's, I feel like it's an expression of like trying to to have an international experience that is hard to achieve when you cannot move. <laughs> and I would like to say the southern hemisphere is the superior hemisphere. I'm just gonna say it. I just it's the least. <laughs> least despoiled it's it's a pretty good hemisphere i'm just saying I'm, look i know i'm biased but it's it's uh all you northerners and 
the countries that lie on the equator how do you feel about no that? oh i think that, i think they're literally <laughs> fence sitters that's you know the, like <laughs> indonesia pick, the rest, a side. pick a side pick one or the other country don't just it's ridiculous yeah. it gets ridiculous. Birds on the which way does your toilet go down like who knows like it's like madness it's just yeah it goes both ways that's right you know, whatever. that's <laughs> like i like do run a, a science podcast i know that's not true that's not how toilets work yeah corollas <laughs> effects it's a fun joke please don't email me thank you all right because <laughs> my listeners who i love will because they're clever people so i just have to point that out there so you okay, cooking classes that's that's no one's mentioned cooking classes yet so and yeah. and you're still studying <laughs> excellent and uh gabby you're still studying I am still studying and I am actually, yeah, the, the great, the great experiment of what online medical education is continues mm-hmm. <laughs> for a full year. So it actually hit a full calendar year, complete online medical education. And it's still pretty not great. I mean, it's not yeah. as, it's, and it's not as horrible as it could be. Like, I think, I think it's an interesting experiment and I hope people like take all the data that they can from it and go, wow, this is, this, we could make medical school cheaper. Mm, yes. <laughs> we, we, could, we could maybe, you know, we could like adjust what we're doing. And I think you've hit I'm on here. something there. Absolutely hit on something there. Education will, one of the things that will come out of it, I think is education changes. Instead of saying, oh, our Ivy League school only has 5,000 people. That's because we're great. You can go, well, why don't you have 50,000 people pulling a number out of nowhere and have online courses and actually have, allow more people education to get them up out of poverty and, you know, that sort of stuff. Instead of going, only rich people get to go to school, you know. Yeah. Am I a socialist? Who knows? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that there's there's been a lot of these things that have been happening and then this just accelerated on or or like made it more apparent. Mm. I mean, it'd be the, the, the same as like, I don't know, some sort of underground cult, underground cultural movement that's yeah. happening. And then everybody only suddenly becomes aware of it when that music is now on the, the top 40 or whatever. Uh, this is the equivalent of that. You've got, mm-hmm. you've had people working entirely remote. I was basically doing that prior to. to you were remote before it was cool. I was yeah. remote before it was cool. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you a Zoom hipster? Is that what you're saying? I am a Zoom hipster. <laughs> is that, I'm trying to figure out what that makes like all med students. Like, does that make them like the reluctant? I don't know. Like you're the, you're the Maybe not the fast followers. Yeah. Maybe you're the, if that bell curve of adoption, you guys were. Well, it's like yeah. if this is the only option, I guess. I, yeah, that's right. I didn't want a mobile phone, but everyone's got them now. So I guess I have to have one too. Whatever. All the other models are discontinued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's neat the i mean like because education and stuff like that too you had you, you did have a lot of online courses and everything mm-hmm. like that and and then i guess well just when it's no longer you you don't have the option and you can't choose mm-hmm. that people are like oh, okay i guess mm-hmm. this is pretty good and then the cultural norm breaks down yep that's yeah. right and suddenly you have more options it's going to be a good thing all right then i'm asking everyone in six months' time, do you think I'll have a reason to chat to you? I and mean, I love chatting to you, but or do you think, or do you think it's more of the same? Do you think it's going to be big changes for you in the next six months, oh, like, pandemic-wise? Will, <laughs> yeah, we will, I will be in a hospital in six months working. Are you, so. are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. I'll, I'll be starting my clinical rotation oh, right. <laughs> August. Uh, hopefully, if everything goes well, if online medical education serves serves me well. Um, 
And so that'll be interesting. So we'll be in another state, probably. We'll mm-hmm. definitely. We'll be oh, wow. Well, okay. So you'll be somewhere state. else in the United States? So you'll be like another, so another country? Okay. Right. <laughs> yes. No, that was an option, but no, not this year, at least. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that going to be difficult with the pandemic still kind of ongoing? Or is, is the plan to be sort of vaccinated and able to move? Are you able to move? Is, is that all considered fine? Moving is considered fine. Steve's already started the vaccination process. Yes. Oh, well done. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll have my second one tomorrow. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's really nice. But we, we need them prior to clinicals. And so we need time. I mean, it only takes a few weeks for your antibodies to build up and your immune system to build up. But you still need that time. And then you need to show the school and the hospital that you're planning to go to. Hey, I am vaccinated. Put me, mm-hmm. put yeah. me in. Yeah, put me, in, put me in to do nothing. But you know, <laughs> that's right. To stand there and get yelled at. When you get your shot tomorrow, are you just gonna like walk around the street, just like touching things and like getting yeah. close to stuff and just licking no. random surfaces? God, we, no. we did. No. We did catch up with my cousin and their partner, and their partner just got completely vaccinated. Oh, this was really sweet. And yeah. and said that they were just giving out hugs. Oh. Forgot how Not indiscriminately. Much... Right, right. <laughs> yeah, otherwise that gets problematic. I can't they, do. they forgot how good they felt. Uh, they said yeah. it was like it was like an uh, an oxytocin. Oxytocin. Yes. 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 Correct. Uh, yes. Whew, I was no. paying attention. Uh, <laughs> oxy. It was like an oxytocin rush, uh, and just suddenly being like, "Wow, this is amazing." So, yeah. I never realized Other that. Are doing it. <laughs> vaccines. Vaccines give you the superpower of hugs. Aw. That's yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of a funky thing though because like even today, so my parents are are also on the track of getting um, vaccinated at the same basically the same time I am, which is great. Uh, but even today, they're asking me at the dinner table like, "So do you think we're gonna have to do this soon again, like another shot?" And I was like, mm. "Yes, mm-hmm. yes, well, mm-hmm. like probably you know six months to a year." Mm-hmm. I don't know what the projections are now. I mean, look at CDC or or WHO. It's, I don't it's see. Clear. We're not done. We're not out of the clear. We're not. No, no. But I get every year because I work with children and old people in the community in general. I get a flu shot every year, and yeah, yeah. and as a teacher, basically, I, I I do that. I assume this is just my assumption that it's going to be something equivalent. It'll just be built into my yearly shot regime regime yeah. of flu, COVID. Maybe it'll all be part of the same shot. Who knows? I don't know how it works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, um, I don't know. I hope so. That would be great if it was all just like one one and done. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And when you travel, I mean, you're, you're both big travelers. You get shots for everything and, you know, yeah. all the time. So it's, yeah, I, I'm all for it. I think, modern, hey, hey, modern medicine, it's a thing. It's pretty cool. We should have probably listened cool. to it. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. They've done some stuff. They've done one or two things. I'm sure I can't think of any of them off the top of my head, but, you know, yeah. I'm sure. Just a few I don't know, Greg. I'm just, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> oh. Questions. I'm <laughs> Ugh. that's oh i can't i'm an open mind this guy. i know i know i know you're joking but you just made me angry uh, <laughs> is it is it in part because of my accent as well <laughs> no no it's just, it's, it's just, i'm just accent. triggered by that concept because i don't i like i like people who look for answers what they're really saying is i don't want to hear what you say it's like oh i'm yeah. just anyway 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 let's not go there let's not go there <laughs> calm blue ocean calm blue ocean well <laughs> Gabby and Jess, I, I hope to talk to you in six months' time in happier times. I hope that we can all virtually hug or fully hug you. Oh, my God. I want to go. You know what I want to do? 
at some point in the future, I want to go on the road and visit. I just, I just thought of this. This is just right now. I want to go visit all the people I've been interviewing and interview yeah. them in person. That's what. <gasps> that's, that's, Do it. Yeah. Just, when I can, when I can get out of this country that doesn't vaccinate properly. Blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah. But anyway, when I'm not stuck in Australia, when I mean, look, there are there are worse places to be stuck. I'd like to point out, but you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Australia is great. We've done. We, we, you've, you've been here. You know what's like. We've had some. I'm a big fan. Oh, <laughs> that's fine. Then. I assume I would be a big fan. I've never been, but oh, really? Okay. Well, then you can come on over one day when we can <laughs> travel. When flying in the big metal birds is a thing, and and we can all do that again. <laughs> I've made myself sad now. All right, uh, <laughs> Jess and Gabby, thank you very much, and we will talk very soon. Thank See you, Chad. Soon. See you in six. Leaping off the west coast of America, we travel east, actually, across the continent of America, across the Atlantic Ocean, into Europe, and land somewhere in France to talk to my last guest of the podcast, and that is Celine. Hello, Celine. Hello, Greg. How are you? <laughs> Doing very well. Thank you for talking to me again. How's France? How are you? How's it all going in Europe? In France, the situation is quite complicated i have to say okay. we are we are in a lockdown again oh, again no. and again and again yes yeah it is a third national lockdown but for us in the north of france it is already the fifth lockdown oh my goodness a fifth lockdown that's insane yes so in fact to sum up uh, since october everything is closed restaurants bars pubs yep cinemas theaters uh, Every, uh, everything. Mm-hmm. Shops have, have opened again in December and January, and then they closed again at the oh. end of February. Oh, no. Oh, so, and, they, and they've been closed since February. Yes. And wow. again, we have some papers to go out of our place. We have some papers for wow. 10 kilometers. <laughs> so now we can go out uh, during the day from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. only. And if you go out after 7 p.m., we, we, it's only for work or to go to the doctor. Or mm-hmm. we, it's impossible to see friends, for instance, or it's, it's impossible to, to be outside after 7 p.m. So there's so, a curfew. <laughs> wow. Yes. That's, so I remember last time you were, you were annoyed that you couldn't get books. That was <laughs> so it's yes. got worse than that. And no, uh, bookshops are open. This is the main oh, difference. Okay. Only supermarkets and pharmacies and bookshops are open. So okay. Oh, phew. There is a progress. Okay. That's, that's one good thing anyway. Wow. Yes. So is there is there much vaccination going on in, in France at the moment? It's very slow. To be mm. honest, it's only for people who are, I think, no, it's if, if, we, if you are more than 70, so... It's very slow. Or if you are sick, it's only for people who are um, 50, I think, or 55. Wow, people okay. People don't want to get vaccinated because they are afraid of some, vac- of some vaccines, uh, for instance, AstraZeneca. So we, yes. are, we have, uh, for the moment, only three vac- vaccine, vaccines. I don't, yes, vaccine, <laughs> I don't vaccine. know. That's, look, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very, very slow. And so which, so you have AstraZeneca, which ones? Yes, AstraZeneca and which other ones? We have Pfizer. Pfizer, yep. And Moderna. Oh, Moderna. Okay, right. Uh, the, the three big ones. So it's it's supposed to be open for everyone at uh, for mid-June. 
but we are really not sure about it. Uh, it so really, you're, you're just stuck in a holding pattern in France until you can keep, get, keep the numbers down of, of cases and then in June getting the vaccine. Yes, it's super, and it's supposed to open again in May, restaurants and shops, and, but we are really not sure. We, in fact, we don't believe anymore it will open. <laughs> yes, yeah, you've, you have no idea, really. Yeah, but it's supposed to, to begin to open in May only uh, outside, and then in June outside. Goodness but me. But we don't know, really. How do you stop yourself going insane, going crazy, being locked down so much? We are going insane <laughs> because we had a curfew since, since October. In October, it was, I think, at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. And then in January, it was 6 p.m. So at 6 p.m., you are oh. supposed to be home. And then, now it's 7 p.m. And we don't know when it is going to end. And in France, it's spring at the moment. So oh, course, we would yeah. like to be outside, to meet some friends, to go to the beach or... Mm. Yeah. And in two months, it will be summer. And some doctors, they say that maybe there will be a curfew during the summer, but it's oh. not possible. We are going to be crazy. <laughs> yes, yes. How are you going to survive? Oh, my goodness. It's so hard. I feel so bad for you. Is, is it across Europe or is it just France that's sort of having a bad time? It's only Europe because in, in Spain, for instance, they have a curfew too, but it's 11 p.m. or midnight or right. in Belgium, it's midnight too. In, in the other country where they have a curfew, it's 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 11, midnight, but yes. nobody is like us at 7 p.m. It's not possible. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of hard. It is 7 p.m. You're only getting home from work. Some people are only finishing yes, their I, jobs. And... I'm always finishing work after 7 p.m., so I, I have a paper with me all the time saying that I'm going back from work and going back home. And... Did you have to, to get that paper, that, that um, like license, did you have to apply for it or was it, was it just sent to you? No, it's in fact on internet, you have to, to fill either on your phone or to have a paper and you... saying who, who you are, where you live and mm. where you go. Yeah, and you I have see. to go to the policeman if you, uh, if you, if you meet the policeman. Wow, that's, that's pretty full on. Quite that's... crazy, I have to say. So I've been asking each of my guests when I've been chatting to them whether or not you think that in six months' time I'll be talking to you again orderly all over. I, I have a feeling I know what your answer is going to be, but where do you think you're going to be in six months' time? How, how do you think it's going to go in France in six months? Uh, in six months will be October? Yes, October again, yes. <laughs> I really hope that we will be outside and free again and... And wearing no mask, because in France, you also have to, to wear masks all the mm. times, inside, outside, even on the beaches, because we have some big beaches here in, in the north of France, and we mm. are, you have to, to wear a mask, even if you are alone. Right. <laughs> this is quite ridiculous. Yeah. So I really hope that we will be free, and we will be free to go where we want and, and see, see everybody again. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Okay. Having a paper to say who we are. Yes, yeah, just freely move around. And I hope that and the vaccination will be faster than it is today. Yeah, that's, so do I. I. Absolutely, so do I. I, I hope that, that it does get a lot better for you in France, and I will chat to you again in six months' time. So thank you very much, Celine. You're welcome. A very big thank you to all the wonderful people who gave their time to chat to me from all around the world. As I said in the introduction, not 
all around the world. I haven't been able to talk to anyone from the whole continent of Africa, nor South America, nor even Antarctica. So if you know anyone from those continents or a very talkative penguin, please get in contact with me or pass on my details. I'd love to chat to them one year on. What I noticed from these interviews is how the situations are starting to change around the world. A year ago, even six months ago, I felt we were all in this together. We all had very similar life experiences at that point. But it's starting to bifurcate or trifurcate or quaternificate, sexticate, ninficate. Anyway, basically it's going all over the place. Everyone's lives are getting very different. The countries with all the money and the power are doing very well to some degree, some better than others. I'm looking at New New Zealand and some are doing very badly. Some countries that are not rich or, or inverted commas important on the world stage are doing very, very badly indeed. That's why I'd like to talk to someone from Africa because some of those countries are just going to do unbelievably poorly because they just don't have the resources. I've also noticed not just geographically or geopolitically, but also job type. If you're a white collar worker and you can actually work from home, a lot of work from home people I've talked to in my life and on the podcast are enjoying it to some degree or getting a lot out of it. They're, the things have changed and they're making their life as good as possible. And as a mayor was saying, a tier structure may be forming here where blue-collar workers will get shafted and white-collar workers will do better. And if you work in a tech industry or an industry you can work from home, even better for you. Something to keep an eye on anyway. Just because you're doing better in a middle-class sort of job, maybe the people around you are not. Do I think I'll be talking to everyone in six months' time? Well, yes. I mean, some of them, like New Zealand, will probably be just like, hooray, they're partying in the streets, that's fine. But I think some places are going to be still in a really bad way. I hope where you are isn't too bad and is getting better. I hope that you are keeping safe. Be kind to each other. Remember, there are 7.7 billion human beings on this planet, the only planet in the universe where humans are found. We've got to kind of keep it all Keep it all together. All right, everyone. Stay safe. Be well. Be happy. Be excellent to each other. Bye.